Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Can We All Just Get Along, the podcast that helps you build conflict resilience. In each episode, we dissect one conflict, and the idea is to help us all get better at taking care of our difficult conversations and the painful feelings that arise when we find ourselves in conflict, both personal and universal. My name is Dr. Amy Garzito. I'm a conflict alchemist, and I am going to be your guide as we unpack our conflict for today. So this one comes close to home because we are going to have a conversation about working in the times of a pandemic. So looking at what has COVID done to our workplace, our home life? What has it done to our inner conflict and our outer conflict? And what can we do about it? We have uh, a wonderful volunteer. Her name is Jane, and she is going to tell us a little bit about the constraints that COVID has brought both on her workplace and her home life. So I'll just get a hold of Jane. And here we go. Hello? Hi, can I speak to Jane? Hi. Hey. This is, this is Jane. Jane, nice to talk to you. Uh, you are live on the air here. We are at a, uh, we are listen we are ready to listen to your conflict or your situation that you'd like some feedback on. Thank you so much for for talking with me. Um, <laughs> it's it's great to actually have this opportunity. I, I um, heard you uh, one of your uh, previous episodes, and um, I really hope that um, that you can help me. Um, we have this this very strange and new situation um, in our family. It's, it has to do with our um, kind of like a work-life balance. Um, I am, I actually work in the the high tech industry, mm-hmm. and I have a very demanding um, position or role. And my husband actually um, started working from home during the the pandemic because of you know the because of COVID. Uh, so we had to improvise this, uh, this office space. Uh, it's next to our kitchen. And w- what happens is, is that the, the separation between our work and our life has really, it's become very, very vague. Um, you know, the, the screens are always on. We always, the, the, the emails are always coming in and there's no real way to to put the barrier between mm-hmm. work and personal life, um, so we have we we actually have a really hard time actually even talking about it because um, it's it's like the demands of the time, right? Why are we? Why do we need to discuss um, this overload um, when when we know that we need to do this and we are we should be very appreciative of even the fact that we have a job right mm-hmm. now so um so this is this is all kind of new to us and it's not something that we ask for mm-hmm. really uh so we are like kind of looking for tools 
on how to manage that and how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Jane, can I ask you a couple of questions? Of course. Uh, Have you always been working from home? Um, For me, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a normal kind of situation. It comes on and off, but for my husband, it's a very new thing. Okay. So you have been working from home as your relative norm. Mm-hmm. Prior to COVID, how did you make the distinction between home and work life? Well, I have my work hours. Um, it's it's very it's something that everyone at work knows that I have. Um, just because it, it it was it's not a um, a common thing for at my job uh, to work from home. So I kind of it was kind of like an a natural. Um, progression of working from the office. It was exactly like working at an office, just doing it from home. So So. you were basically getting the kids up, getting them for breakfast or whatever, and then you'd sort of separate, now I'm going to work. Exactly. And then when at a certain time, now I'm not working. Yep. Yep. So were you able to do that when you were on your own? It was a lot easier because of you know we didn't have the distraction. Um, and the, strac- the distraction now is the addition of your husband also working from home. Yes, I think that the fact that we are both there um, and there's the obvious you know there are more people in the house during the working hours, yeah. so it it's, it makes it's it's very attractive to start talking about other stuff other than work um, and vice versa when we we should be having personal conversations work always comes in so the difference is now your husband has become a kind of distraction for you in your work time is that what you're saying that that as well yeah i think i think both of us are distractions for each other okay and and we are not really able to Put that put those boundaries between work time and personal time. Jane, what have you tried so far? We we actually tried just tried talking about making it a clear cut between work hours and and life hours, um, but we never seem to be actually able to enforce that. Um, we've tried, you know. I, I we, we tried letting go, <laughs> um, just saying okay, it, it might be just a, t- a COVID thing or a pandemic thing, and it's it's temporary. So let's just write it out. But now that it's becoming more of a permanent um, issue, um, then I'm I'm a bit of at a loss of what what to do with that. Okay, so you tried having clear cut hours, and you've also tried to say, hey, let's. Let's just see what happens and and kind of see what shows up and it might settle on its own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so exactly. those are your two strategies. Are you aware that you are working more or less hours? Since oh, definitely more. Okay, so why? Well, just because of um, we are both working, we we both have it have work. Um, available to us right now at home Uh, and when I'm working there's no reason for for my husband not to be working as well and vice versa so we kind of we 
it's a slippery slope kind of situation. Yeah, right. And so this is a re- a common worry or concern I've heard from HR. And there are a couple of reasons. It could be because with all the distractions, it might be taking you more time to do the same thing. Or it can be because there's a discipline now attached to closing the, you know, putting the cork on the bottle of when work is over. And in some cases, in some workplaces, the work has actually increased. So I'm just curious, can you put a finger on which of those three or which combination feels like is is happening for you in terms of the increase of work time? Yeah, so I, I think it has to do with being distracted during the regular work hours and then having to, you know, bridge those gaps okay. um, after that. And and for sure, because it has become more common for everyone to work from home, to, mm-hmm. I think the, the workloads have increased. I mean, the, the requirements have increased. Right. And are you hearing the expectations from your workplace increase as well? Yes, for sure. Okay. Is there anything else I need to know that would be helpful? I think just that, the, you know, the both of us are very um, willing and open to, to deal with it. Uh, we both feel it. So there's we're prepared to make changes. Um, we just don't know what changes what what methods we should use mm-hmm. and would you be aware Jane of like where you would have some resistance like what would be hard for you um, I think well meeting those expectations I mean at work um, the the deadlines are still deadlines the the workload is still the workload so it would be kind of realigning the requirements with with what I can and can't do during the day. Right. Uh, when are your best working learning times? When do you when is your brain at the at, at its juiciest? <laughs> um definitely morning morning time and um you know 9 to 1 and then after lunch it takes me a little while mm-hmm. to get back to business. (laughs) Okay, so nine to one. And when is your husband's brain the juiciest? Wow. Um, I think he's kind of a 24-7 kind of guy. (laughs) So So whenever... (laughs) Flexible. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, and uh, you have uh, other members in your family, right? We both have children. Yeah, we have um, young children. Um, so afternoons are definitely our time with them. Okay, great. How do you know this problem's going to be solved, Jane? For you, what would be an indication that the problem is solved or better? I think when we, when we, if we <laughs> can, uh, can make sure that work time is work time and we don't always go to the to the computer to see what's new mm-hmm. um, and and personal time is personal time okay thank you so much for offering this timely conflict or challenge 
uh, as I said, I'm hearing from HR um, staff that this is a primary concern with their uh, work employees working remotely. So it's uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you so much for, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jane. I, I hope I get a chance to actually see you at some point, but I appreciate the, the words. Sounds, sounds good. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Ciao. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, that was Jane. And Jane is giving us uh, an opportunity to unpack something that is happening for all of us in one way or another. So here in Canada, since March the 13th, the, the country essentially went down into a, a lockdown mode. And if you were able to work from home, you were required to work from home. In some cases, people could not work and still cannot work. And in some cases, people are moving back. Uh, but we are very much looking at a time where working from home on some level is going to be the the normal of our working environment. Uh, I did a little bit of research on this, and in by 2022, they are forecasting that 20% of all jobs will have at least a partial component of working from home. One of the biggest influx of uh, gains that have been made is in surveillance videos, which companies are using to surveil their work workers that are working from home. So we are seeing all kinds of tensions that are happening, not just about work from the business side of it, but also from the personal side. How do we work? How do we manage our worlds when the lines have blurred between work life and home life? So let's unpack some of what we heard Jane say. So she has been predominantly working from home. She has been fine working from home. So she has the advantage of having some chops at it, some practice. And her way of managing it has been to create specific work hours. She has now an interruption, and that is her husband's work patterns now have been integrated into their home life. And that has created both a distraction and a tension in the work in her workspace. On top of that, and I'm hearing a lot of this as well, on top of that, she is working more hours than before. And on top of that, she has two children. So there are significant constraints and challenges that that take place. And this is what I want to talk about. How do you compete with scarce needs? You have a limited amount of space, and you now have to make use of it in a very compact, efficient way. How do you compete with scarce time? 
you have a limited amount of time that now is requiring more of that time to be sucked into work time, how do we create those boundaries so that we are able to still be connected to our families, to our partners, to our children, and just as importantly, to yourself, to your own needs, to your own time away. So I have a a few points here that I'm going to talk about. Number one, it is important to know that some of the most obvious things that are happening are what we don't talk about. So it is critical that we say out loud, that we say out loud what our worry and our concern is. So that Jane could tell, let's just say her husband's name is Bill. Bill, I need to have a conversation with you about time and space. Time and space. I'm used to working from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And now I notice that I'm working a whole lot more hours. And I notice that when we're working together, that I am distracted, that I'm not spending as much time because I want to talk to you, I'm curious, or you're another opportunity because you're another adult in the room now, and it's an opportunity for me to maybe get away from my work when I'm uncomfortable or when it's hard. And I never had that before. So what I just said is step one. Step one is notice your discomforts. What's happening? Notice your discomforts. When we think about, oh, uh, my partner's distracting me, what we're also not saying is I am... I have distractible moments. I have moments that are hard so that it's easier for me to find something else to do. And what we're finding in COVID is that people now have at their fingertips lots of places and spaces where they can distract when work gets hard. Work gets hard, I can bake or eat. Work gets hard, I can play video games. Work gets hard, I can talk to the people in my house. Work gets hard, I can lie down and watch TV. So we have all of these opportunities to get distracted. And this is everybody. We are all struggling with this distractibility. And it is a muscle that we have to work with and work at even more now that we are having to blur the lines between home and work. So the first step is to notice your own strategies for distraction. What are the things that you do when it gets hard? What are the things that you do when your work is tough or your 
uh, stuck on a problem or your body is tired or or your thinking, your head is tired, what do you do? If you don't have a plan, if you are not taking clear steps to take care of that distractibility uh, and manage your internal system, you are going to find other ways that are going to take up far more time. So it's efficient for you to find out where you are in terms of your energy space. So for example, Jane works from the best from nine to one. In my books, the first thing that she would need to negotiate is how can she keep those four hours sacred? How can they have the minimum amount of distraction from other? And how can she work with uh, negotiating that space as her sacred workspace? In the same instance, there needs to be some sacred home space. If I give you my nine to one as my sacred home workspace, in return, I'll give you my mm, four to eight as my home space where the email gets turned off, where the computer gets turned off, and I only focus on your my home life we it is a it is a myth that you're working 14 hour days 16 hour days you're working bits of time interrupted cuz our brain can't do that we can't focus on for 14 hours 16 hours we are working for small periods of time intensely and then our brain will get interrupted. So it is better for you to be clear and have specific times where you're not working at all, where you are away from all of your work distractions. Flip it around. It's the work distractions that are creating a problem for your brain. Your body needs to move. It needs to be in connection with other. It needs to be connected to the space that you reside in. So those key things are important for a brain to be efficient. You need to create sacred time just as vehemently around that home space, that me time that you are creating for your workspace and your work time. So that, to me, is huge. Negotiate times where all you're doing is working and try to negotiate your times when your brain is juicy. In Jane and Bill's case, it's a little bit easier in that Jane and Bill are both not competing for the same time. It gets tricky in terms of negotiating if both Jane and Bill work best at 9 to 1. In their case, they have some leeway. That, to me, is step two. Step one, know what you do to manage your internal discomfort. 
those are your distraction strategies. And you need to know that they are telling you something. When you're getting distracted, that's your body and your brain saying, I need to do something else for a while. Or I need practice at focus. Either way, what it's calling you to do is find the time where you are only going to focus on work and hold that space sacred. Equally, agree to find a time where you do nothing, nothing that's uh, related to work and keep that time sacred. If I, when I work with families, if I can get them to negotiate those four hour breaks or two hour breaks, we're, we're going somewhere because there is an agreement of some time together. And let me encourage you to take those four hour spaces by saying your brain regenerates, rejuvenates, it it uh, calms your nervous system when you're gazing and seeing someone's face. When you are laughing or smiling or being curious. When you eat together without any social media and in connection, our brain gives us all these pings of well-being because we survived as tribes by being together, by reading people's faces, by signaling danger and safety. So when we work together in our family units as a tribe, where we are gaining that face-to-face information, eating together, doing chores collectively, uh, supporting the work of the tribe collectively, our body gives us lots of pings. So the third thing I'm going to say here is it's everybody's work. And I'm including children here. Children are used to participating in the work of tribe and in terms of community, like three years old, four years old, right? Without being paid, without getting a bonus. It's your job because you are a member of this tribe to work and do what supports the tribe. So part of this work is helping everybody get into the practice of contributing to the tribe, figuring out how they manage their distractions, and giving everyone practice at being focused and practice at being connected. There you go. Number one, figure out what your landscape is for distractions and ways that you manage your nervous system. Number two, negotiate your optimal working time as sacred. Negotiate optimal collective community time where there's zero working um, and, and negotiate both. And then the third piece is everybody in your tribe, everybody in your home needs to be part of the conversation and contribute to the work. It's great brain training. Thank you so much, Jane. I look forward to hearing from more of my listeners. 
and to add more to the podcast. So this was Dr. Amy Garzito. If you want further information, if you want to be a member to talk, it's www.creativeedgeconsulting.com, www.creativeedgeconsulting.com. Would love to hear from you. Until next morning. Thank you.